Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome back, everyone. We are on episode number 98 of Inbound Sales Journey, and I am joined live in studio with Gray McKenzie. We don't have a studio. We're in a big office conference room. That's true. We could call it a studio if you want to, but... I can like, also call it a conference room here. It's got some pretty good acoustics. How long is this table, by the way? This is probably two 12-footers put together, right? Yeah, it's about the size of my dining room table at home. <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. My six foot, five foot wide by 24 foot long dining room table. Yeah, that's like the dimensions Ever- of our row house that we own. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. This is, this is your floor plan. <laughs> yeah, right that's, pretty much my, that's pretty much the floor plan downtown Pittsburgh. Anyways, we are going to do a little bit more of an interview style podcast episode. I thought it'd be really, really uh, helpful for some of our listeners out there to hear kind of our story with Guava Box a little bit more in depth from specifically from a, a growth and lead gen side. And I think that there are both a lot of younger agencies that are trying to figure out how do we grow and scale the agency? What do we need to do in the beginning? And then after that, and after we've been kind of hustling for a while, what's the next step? practically and and what did you guys do how did it work for you what are maybe some some shortcuts that that we could teach or that we could learn from that and then i think also from agencies who have been around for a while uh, might be helpful just to hear what that progression was like and potentially some new things for them to try as well so great i'm gonna just toss over to you first i just want to hear a little bit about how we started from a sales perspective with Guava Box and how long kind of that, we call like the startup phase lasted with that. And, uh, and I guess just start there and I'll ask, ask questions from there. Cool. Well, this could go a lot of different ways and could go pretty long winded. So cut me off whenever you're falling asleep over there. Will do. Um, but basically we started the company And we, so starting right out of college, we had a transitional phase here. So we had a period of time where I was full-time in Guava Box straight out of the gate in 2011, I guess that was. Um, But I was the only person initially. And then Andrew came on eight, nine months. Well, yeah, almost almost a year into the business. uh, Came on full-time. And so there was... There was some transition as everyone was kind of handling different things. But out of the gate, the way that we had it set up was basically whoever got the lead. So really early on to get business initially, it was basically friends and family. We've talked about that quite a bit. But just reach out to your personal network, try and generate business directly from them. So at that at that point in time, as we were going through that process, it because there were already personal relationships with a lot of the folks who we initially were doing business with, it would basically be, hey, Ryan knows this person already, so he's going to own the sales conversation. Or Gray knows this person already, he's going to own that sales conversation. Um, whatever the case may be. So we ran it that way probably for a little over a year, probably a year and a half. So it's more of an internal competition style almost, if you think about it that way. You get compensated more if you bring in the lead right. and you're the salesperson. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's why it was... 
that's the way it was structured is the person who brought the business in um, kind of coordinated who got brought in to do what on the project and uh, and had a definitely had a monetary incentive to do that as well early on. So now we, we had well, we were able to still work pretty well together um, because we had a diverse skill set. So we didn't all have the same skills. So a project came in, you kind of needed multiple people to be involved. You couldn't just take it and, and run with it in most cases. So I think we did a, that I could certainly see looking back at it, how that could have gone downhill really quickly and Guava Box could have died out and having seen more companies and agencies having gone through that and died out. I realize, um, that we were really blessed to make it through that phase from there. It, it then evolved into, um, more or less having a, a point person on sales. And then if there was a pre-existing relationship, whoever had that pre-existing relationship essentially would take the business. But if it was someone who came through the website, um, miraculously in those early days, <laughs> then that one lead a month, right. Then, uh, then that would go to the dedicated point person. So let me, let me just back up and recap real quick. So first year, there's a few of us. We are all basically reaching out to personal network, trying to figure out who can we do websites for, maybe some marketing, some social media. That was a big thing. We were coming out of college. They were like, okay, you guys are young. You probably know social media better than we did. And that's how we got started. After a year, when we transitioned away from that, do you want to give people a little background on what the team looked like at that point as we made the transition to having a point person and how you also selected that point person? Yep. So the team at that point, uh, there were three of us, Andrew, Brandon, and myself. Um, Ryan, you at that point had left the company. Peace. For uh, for a, bike, a big bike trip, which I, have we told that story? I don't think so. That might be a good podcast episode. Maybe I'll interview you here at some point. And we'll get your the bike trip of 2012. Get your get your life story. Um, all the sales applications that came out of the bike trip, but we made the transition in mid 2012. Um, after going back and forth for a while, we finally made the move to partner up with HubSpot, join the HubSpot Partner Program. Um, in that very early tier of partners, we've seen the HubSpot Partner Program grow more than 10 times in uh since since we came on in in 2012 and that was the point at which we really started to get serious about our own marketing and kind of take that seriously say hey part of this program is we have to pay for hubspot subscription we have the software we've got some people giving us a little bit of coaching we need to get serious about this and double down on it for ourselves because we've got the time to put into this right now because there's not quite frankly there's not that much business coming in so we're just going to focus, double down on marketing, kind of put all our chips in on on that and uh, and go with that. So, and as we were coming on with HubSpot, we did not really, we did not have a point person um, at that time, but but eventually moved towards that. Um, probably, well, definitely within the next nine months or whatever. So, uh, and at that point, finally, we, we were at the point where there was enough business coming in and um, trying to the organizational structure became much more important in utilizing everyone's skills in the right way to get the work done that we had to get done. And um, as the team expanded, um, that that became more important. So we probably made that move in 2013 towards initially Brandon took point on sales 
at Guava Box, and um, and then I got involved, and um, and then we we kept going from there. So when you started to get more serious about marketing and making that decision to go towards HubSpot, where did you guys start from a marketing standpoint? And did you know at that point like who you wanted to target and go after? We started at a very low place. So after a year and a half, probably close to a year and a half of Guava Box, we were at go back and depending on where we were, look at the exact numbers, but we were definitely uh, 500 to eight or 900 visits a month and just a handful of leads. Typically someone who was referred by um, by someone else or the random spam one would, would come through just on the contact form. There's really, I don't believe, we'd have to go back and look at the Wayback Machine. I don't believe there were any other conversion opportunities on the site prior to partnering up with HubSpot. So, I mean, we're talking like two, three, four, awesome month after a year and a half probably is like five, five leads a month coming through the website. So virtually nothing. Um, very little came through there. And then then we partnered up with HubSpot. We got serious about uh, what we were doing with Inbound. And at that point, made the decision that we were going to go all in. We built out all the, you know. All, all the stuff we started getting real serious about our own SEO. We started writing a ton of content, having marketing batch days, which we talked about a good amount where um, every Wednesday morning, we just spend the whole entire morning just blogging, creating content, working on the website, um, that kind of stuff. So just a ton of uh, content, content marketing, basically content offers, landing pages, thank you pages, lead nurturing workflows, all that stuff. Before that time, were you guys doing marketing, just didn't have the conversions, or were you not really doing marketing and just focused on the little client work that you had and yeah, trying was, to grow? It was very, very little marketing. There were, I, I know that we did have a few blog posts, but they were just randomly written about kind of whatever popped up. Um, there was a little bit of social media activity, but but virtually nothing. Really, most of it was focused on the clients that we did have and trying to get our way. I think looking back on it, it sounds like, well, what did you do for that entire first year or whatever? <laughs> but at that point, you and Brandon were both in college. Andrew was working a full-time job and had very little time. And so it was most of the website, any website project that came through wound up on my plate. So really I was scrambling to do website projects. No one else was cranking out a bunch of marketing. So just with kind of the organizational chaos during that real during that first year um it wasn't it wasn't like we were sitting on our hands but we should have been doing marketing during that time but with with the commitments that everybody had um we weren't doing a whole lot of marketing pretty much almost nothing so marketing batch days start what what was the kind of the expectation that was set then if you're going to do was pretty much all the marketing done during that batch day time once a week that was the bulk of our content writing and we would yeah we would try and get as much as possible uh done there was always a little bit of carryover sometimes that would carry over into the afternoon and things where like uh some of the partnerships or guest posting um type of opportunities uh guest podcasting opportunities 
that stuff would come up and that would happen outside of Wednesday morning. But, but really the bulk and website work, if we were doing new design or development stuff for our own website, that would typically happen outside of Wednesday morning. But as far as copywriting itself or SEO for our blog posts, um, building out lead nurturing sequences, building out content offers. Most of that was done on just on those Wednesday mornings. So really it wasn't a, it was a time commitment. I mean, it's four hours from, uh, from three of us full time at the time. So, uh, it's 12 hours a week. It really wasn't a huge time commitment, but having those focused batches and Andrew was the one who was really heading up our, um, like content strategy at the time. So he obviously had work to put in to, uh, come to the table with here's what we're going to write this week and get done and we'd all contribute ideas to that but but he was the the point of the hub on that one okay so you had one person that kind of planned this is what we're going to do from a marketing standpoint here are your assignments and then you all kind of sat and and just cranked out together so there was some accountability to make sure that it was standing done. desks baby standing no, desks. sitting here yeah we're sitting right now we should be standing let's do it feels weird we have our here's a little side tangent gray and i have the same desk we went with uh, standing and sitting desks from Autonomous. Really like them. We went with the bamboo ergo design, and I'd highly recommend it. So maybe there's someone listening that's thinking about a desk. That's a huge side tangent, but got me thinking about it. So Autonomous is really good. We're not we're not paid by them. That's a, a free promotion. Not yet. Not yet. Shout yeah, out maybe Autonomous. we'll ask them. <laughs> Great. Doingbound.com. G R A Y. So, <laughs> Carry on. Okay. So after that, after free your, stuff, your standing, free stuff. yeah, after your standing desk sessions of writing, what what happened over the next five to ten months? Oh, we're finally getting to the punchline. Let's hit it hard. A year later, we went from under a thousand visitors per month to the point where, in exactly year, I, I don't know, but um, wound up scaling that up in about nine months to a year to um a couple hundred leads per month three four hundred um sometimes close to 500 leads a month and i think hit uh 14 15 thousand visitors per month to the site within within that first year so just a huge increase and that was the vast majority of that traffic came through organic search um, and then those conversions happened from the blog posts that were generating most of the traffic. So um, I think as, as normally happens, you know, we published a ton of blog posts, um, during that time period. And I say a ton, it's a ton for three, for a normal three person company to put out, but it's really not a ton. I think those three posts a week, sometimes four. Um, so really not even, a, it's not even like we were all writing a blog post every day. It was like, we were all writing a blog post once a week. <laughs> Was when you, because I know you said that Andrew kind of came up with the content plan and uh, and obviously it sounds like he did a good job. What, I guess, what was, you said it was all organic. Was it all focused towards a specific industry you guys were trying to break into? How did you pick what type of content you're going to be creating? Yeah, there really, there was some content that was targeted towards like the industrial manufacturing vertical and then eventually the software vertical. Um, became a couple of the, the industries that we were targeting a lot of the blog content itself was not geared towards those industries specifically, but a lot of the content offers became geared towards those industries. So it was a little bit more general application stuff with the exception of, of some blog posts. And then that would then lead into 
if you are in this type of industry and um and are interested here's the next step for you and so that's the conversion opportunity where we then have them go to the landing page fill out the form and and get the content offer so it sounds like takeaway wise i mean that that pretty much sums up i think the first couple years and i'm sure that a lot of people can listening either have been there and have similar stories or are kind of starting that journey and trying to figure out what they can do and it sounds like organic for you guys was great we didn't, you didn't really try any paid search I know for like immediate leads it from a practical takeaway standpoint <clears throat> it sounds like the marketing batch days were likely I mean correct me if I'm wrong but the single biggest differentiator that that changed year one to year two there yeah just being disciplined to actually get it done having everyone together cranking that out all at the same time having the accountability to actually get it done was really big and we still had a good amount of freedom and w- even the the content offers the types of resources that we put together were oriented towards our skill sets i did a lot on the website andrew did a lot on the marketing strategy side brandon put together video resources um, and stuff aimed towards sales teams so um I think we leveraged our own personal skill sets uh, pretty well to build that out, but also having having that, just taking it seriously for once. And that, having done, personally, having done 50-plus interviews of agency owners on inbound agency journey now, and aside from the customers who we talk to of do inbound software and training products, that is like that's the single biggest common denominator between agencies who are comparatively successful is did they ever take their own marketing seriously there are very few examples there there are a couple of agencies out there who have just focused kind of doubled down on partnering with other agencies or doubled down on they just have some gold mine of um of leads but by and large the overwhelming majority the turning point is when they got really serious about their own marketing and it's also surprising to me, I did not anticipate this because I didn't know the stories uh, a couple years ago, but the number of agencies who actually purchased HubSpot or purchased, and we kind of swim in the HubSpot circles largely, so that's the environment that, that we've seen the most, but even other uh, marketing automation providers or, or just marketing platforms in general, the number of agencies who purchased those platforms for themselves got more serious about their own marketing and then realized, oh, now I want to offer this service for my clients. Um, but that this is just over and over and over. It's like we started focusing on our own marketing, doing the things that we were telling clients to do. And amazingly enough, it, it actually worked. And that was the point at which our business uh, took a turn. So that was, the, that was the turning point for us. I mean, up until that point, we had a business that was uh, profitable for three people to, to run and operate, but it was definitely not uh yeah it definitely wasn't awesome money it wasn't it was a lot of hours um it wasn't like an awesome agency then we start marketing and the whole business kind of turns around and we're able to expand the team um and and really take things to the next level cool well hopefully that was helpful guys um hour and stuff gray that i didn't know in my my time of absence um, so I'm glad that we got to chat about that. We're going to talk next week. Um, this is a, a user or a user, a listener submitted question asking about sales scripts and if that's something that we ever found to be helpful in building, using, 
Um, so we're going to talk about our opinion on that, Gray, and uh, and kind of our experience there. So that will be coming up next week. Be sure to tune in. If you guys could give it the podcast, if you're enjoying it, a like and a upvote. Not really an upvote, but just like it on uh, iTunes. That'd be great. Any comments, reviews that you want. And then you can grab the show notes at doinbound.com backslash inbound sales journey or ISJ. We'll take you there. And until next time, good luck selling. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash sales journey. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash sales journey. Today's show was brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash sales course. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes and subscribe and make sure to leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.